So we're in a series uh, that we've called We Are the Church. We Are the Church. And last week, if you were here, we talked about uh, a subject called Teams and Tents. We talked about Teams and Tents. And just to catch us up to speed, uh, two points that we made that we felt like God is speaking to our church in this next season that we're about to enter into. The first one was to get on a team. And I've got to just brag on you a little bit as a church because over the last two weeks, uh, I think we've added somewhere around 20 people uh, on teams. So can we just give ourselves a hand? <laughs> now that does not mean that does not mean that if you're not on a team, we don't need you. That means if you're not on a team, there's even more reason to get on a team because the the work is light and uh, it's it's a way that we can we believe it this way that God wants to develop you personally as an individual, but then He wants to use you on a team. Because how many of you know 150, 200 people can do a lot more than one person can do by themselves? So when we get on teams and we're all working toward the same goal and the same mission and, and trying to accomplish what God has put us here to accomplish, we can accomplish a lot more as a team than we can as individuals. Teams can make a bigger impact. The second thing we said was that we need to, that God was saying we need to make room. We need to make room. I don't know if you've looked around here lately, but... Uh, we need to make some room because God, is, God has called us to reach more and more and more and more people so that they can know him, right? We're, 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 called, we're, we're put here so that people can know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make an impact. And there are more people in our community that need that in their life. They need Jesus. And we have, we have for lack of a better term, we have the answer. We have what they're looking for. And God says, you need to make some room. And so we made the announcement last weekend that, that we're going starting on Easter Sunday we're going to two services as a church. So right now we have a 10:30 service. Next Sunday we'll have a 10:30 service, and then the following Sunday, come on, can you believe Easter at Impact is only two weeks away? It's crazy. But two weeks from now we will be launching into two services. There'll be a 9:30 service and an 11:15 service. One cool thing about that is wherever, whatever team you get on and wherever you're serving, uh, once a month you can serve one, worship one, and so you never have to miss church. So you can, always come, you can always come to church at your regular time, whichever service you choose to come to. But then once a month on a team, you can come to the opposite service, and you can serve during that service, and then you can attend your regular service, and you never have to miss anything that's going on, and you can be an active part of what God's doing here at Impact. Amen? Amen. More people to reach. And so today, as we continue this series, I want to talk to you on this subject. Come on, look, look at the person next to you, and I need you to tell them this, okay? You really need to tell them this. So look at the person next to you and tell them, you need to stay with the group. Come on, tell them, tell them like you mean it. You need to stay with the group. You got to stay with the group. We're going to talk about staying with the group. Now, as we get started, I don't know if you can ever remember. I can remember times being, does anybody remember when you were in school? And for some of you, that was like not too long ago. For some of you, that was a long time ago. But you remember when you were in school? And you would go on a field trip or do something, and you would get separated from the group. Anybody remember that feeling? You would get separated from the group, and you can't find where anybody is or where, no matter what, you know, depending on where you're at, it could be a freaky thing. Here's another thing I remember. As a kid, maybe you remember this. You ever, were you ever at the store, and you got separated from mom? <laughs> or you got separated from dad? Or you got separated, you know, you're over here looking at a toy, and they walked around the other aisle. This still happens to me today, y'all. I don't know what's going on, but... I'll be, we'll be at Walmart or we'll, wherever we're shopping that day, and I'll be looking at something, or we'll be thinking, you know, we're going to get this, get this, and I'll look up, and it's like, Psh, all my kids and my wife's gone, I don't know where everybody went, and so I'm walking around, pushing the buggy down the aisle, trying to figure out where everybody went, 
And you get you get separated from your group. You get separated from your crew. You get separated from the people that you went somewhere with or that you were, you know, surrounded with for a moment. And then all of a sudden, they're gone and you're separated from the group. Maybe you've you've heard someone say this phrase before. Maybe you were you were trying to encourage somebody to to be a part of something or you're inviting somebody to come to church or I don't know you know what it was, but maybe you've heard somebody say, "Well, I got this. I don't need anyone else." Well, I got the, I don't need, you know, I don't really need, like, I'm good by myself. I'm good. Now, if this is true for anybody, this has been true for me, because this is the way that, I, that I've been for a long time. It's like, well, I'm good, you know, I'm more of an introverted person, believe it or not. And so, it's like, I'm good, just, let's just hang out with my wife and kids. Let's not go anywhere. Let's not really do anything. You know, I just want to, we'll just stay at home and everything. You know, I'm perfectly content doing that. And maybe some of you in the room, some of you are extroverts, you're like, oh, my gosh, I would go crazy if I just stayed at home all the time. I got to go to the store every day. I intentionally don't buy all the groceries so that I can go back to the store tomorrow to get the rest of them because I just need to be out of the house, right? Maybe some of you can relate to me, and maybe some of you can relate to that. I don't know. But maybe you've heard somebody say that, well, I just don't need anybody else. And I've known people who have uh, they've been hurt by someone else maybe even hurt by someone in church before, and as a result of that, they kind of shut themselves off to everyone else around them. You ever, you ever been around and known somebody like that, or maybe you've been there, that there was some hurt, there was something that happened to you, there was something that, you know, was, was something done deep inside of you, and it's like, I'm not ever, you know, I'm not ever opening myself up to anybody ever again. I'm not ever going there again. I don't need people. I'm just going to hang out by myself, and I, me, myself, and I, that's all I need because I've been hurt, and I'm shutting myself off to everyone else around me and maybe you've been there before maybe you're in that place right now and I found this and I want to read this to you said that American individualism has emphasized a personal relationship with God to the point that many people who call themselves Christians think that community which is walking together in life-to-life accountability is optional so in our society we have overemphasized the fact that you need a personal relationship with Jesus. You need a personal relationship with Jesus. You need a personal relationship with Jesus. Come on, you hear it everywhere you go. You need a personal. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. You need a personal relationship with Jesus. And I believe that. I believe that you need a per- That's the only way. That's the, there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what you've done with Jesus in your life. But we've overemphasized it to the point that we think that being around anybody else is optional. Well, I just need a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm going to sit in my house all day long, and I'm not going to go anywhere, and I'm not going to connect with anybody, and I'm not going to do life with anybody, and it's just optional. If I want to, yeah, I feel like it, you know, today, well, I don't feel like it today. It's just an option. It's an option. But intentional Christian community is a non-negotiable part of being a healthy and effective believer. Being intentional about community. I love what John Wesley said. I think we have this on the screen. He said that Christianity is not a religion for solitude and solitary. The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. I don't know if you've ever read your Bible, but if you have, you've probably seen that nobody was doing anything alone. There's always, you know, let's bring people along or mentoring somebody or in community with people. You know, the first church they were together and and all of this, it's, it's all about Jesus. Get, you know, he, he, he didn't do everything alone. He picked 12 people to walk with him, that he could teach them and train them, and, and they could watch how he lived, and they could, you know, become more like him. And I love what he says, that the Bible knows nothing about solitary religion. 
but that you just get a personal relationship with Jesus and now you just hang out by yourself and you don't need anybody else. You don't need anybody else. But that's what we think a lot of times. In other words, in order for us to be healthy and effective Jesus followers who are accomplishing what Jesus wants for our lives, community has to become a non-negotiable in our lives. If you want to be what, what, he, what he's saying here is if you want to be a healthy Christian, if you want to be a healthy believer, if you want to be effective as a Christian, if you want to lead other people to Jesus, you want to show, he's saying that, that you have to make community with other people a non-negotiable thing in your life. That you can't do it by yourself. We've been talking about this the last th two or three weeks that even as a church, we can accomplish more as a team than we can as just one person. It's got to become a non-negotiable. So let me ask you this question this morning. Are you a healthy believer? Are you a, an effective believer? If this is what it looks like, and this is a part of it, are you a healthy believer? Are you an effective believer? Is community a big part of your Christian life? I love what Hebrews chapter 10 we're going to read about six verses here and talk about it for just a moment. But in starting at verse 19, he says this, the writer of Hebrews says, Brothers and sisters, we are not afraid to enter the most holy room. We enter boldly because of the blood of Jesus. His way is new because he lives. It has been opened for us through the curtain. I'm talking about his body. We also have a great priest over the house of God. So let us come near to God. Come on here. We're getting into the so let us. So let us. Here's what we need to do. And he goes through this little list of things. Like, here's what we need to do. So let us do these things. Let us come near to God with an honest and true heart. Let us come near with, with a faith that is sure and strong. Our hearts have been sprinkled. Our minds have been cleansed from a sense of guilt. Our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold firmly to the hope we claim to have. The one who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we can stir up one another to love. Let us help one another to do good works. Let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us cheer each other up with words of hope. Let us do it all the more as you see the day coming when Christ will return. Now, I want you to notice before we go any farther, okay, that in this passage, the writer of Hebrews, he's writing to these people, and he's talking to Christians, He's not writing to people who don't believe and don't go to church and don't, you know, haven't ever done that thing. He's not writing to those people trying to get them, well, here's what you need to do. You need to get in church. 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 You need to meet together. You need to get in church. No, at the beginning of it, I don't know if you caught it, but he says brothers and sisters. Now, we don't really know exactly who wrote Hebrews, but a lot of people think it was Paul. And Paul was notorious for starting things off with brothers and sisters. Let me just tell you who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the people who have given their life to Jesus. I'm talking to the people who are, who are a part of a church. I'm talking to people who are wanting to make a difference. He's talking to Christians, telling them that they cannot do this thing alone. He's talking to us. Boy, y'all are quiet up in this church today. I don't know what is going on. <laughs> y'all going to have to help me out. I got a voice going out, and y'all going to sit there and be quiet and look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> That's a little bit better. If I need some help, I'm just going to look at you, all right? <laughs> he's writing. 
He's writing to Christians and he's telling them, you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You might think you can, but you cannot. You're not made to do it alone. We could even say it this way. You and I were never meant to try to follow Jesus all alone. We were never meant to try to follow Jesus. Well, I got to figure all this out on my own. I got to work it all out on my own. I've got to get through all my struggles on my own. I've got to figure out where I need to go from here on my own. I need, you know, it's like, well, I got my personal relationship with Jesus, so I just got to figure everything out on my own. And he's saying, you, you, you were never meant to try to figure it all out on your own. You were never meant to follow Jesus all by yourself. You probably heard me say this around here if you've been here for a minute. But we have this saying that we like to use that you don't need just a personal relationship with Jesus. You need a shared relationship with Jesus. You don't need just a personal relationship with Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus is the most important thing. But after that, there's more. <laughs> after that, you need to be in community with people. After that, you need to be around other people who are going in the same direction that you're going. And maybe you're sitting here today or you're watching online at some point. And you're asking, why? Why is it not a good idea for me to try to do life alone? What is, like, what is the point? Okay, we get where you're going. Why? Why can I not do this by myself? Why can I not just stay at home? Why can I not just be by myself and, and try to work everything out and figure everything out on my own? And the best way that I knew to help, you, to help you understand the importance of community and relationships is to first I want to read you a scripture and then we're going to watch a video clip. That, that is going to talk about, it's going to emphasize what we're going to read in the scripture. And this is 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, control yourselves, be on your guard. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He prowls around looking for someone to chew up and swallow. So in this scripture, the writer says, here, let me tell you what the devil's like. Let me tell you, you've been wondering what the devil's like. You've been wondering what the enemy's like. You've been wondering how he works and how he operates. Let me just tell you. He's like a roaring lion. And he's just prowling around looking for somebody that he can devour. Looking for somebody that will give him permission. Looking for somebody, looking for somebody who, who isn't, isn't in the place they're supposed to be and that he can eat them up and swallow them up in that moment. That's what the Bible says the enemy or the devil is like. And so since the Bible describes the devil as someone who is walking around like a roaring lion looking for someone he can attack, I thought, well, maybe we should watch this short clip that shows us how lions attack. And I want to tell you this before we watch it, that it is pretty graphic. And some of you are going to be like, oh my God, what are we just watching church? But it is pretty graphic. And so I want to fair warn you, you know, if you need to like cover your eyes at points and be like, you know, well, I don't, can't believe we just watched that. We'll believe it because we're about to watch it. So... <clears throat> We can, just, we can just smash that right here. <laughs> We're going to watch it. But I believe this gives us a great picture of what the enemy is like and how he likes to attack you and me. So watch this video.
that lions are sprinters and not marathoners. So here, and here's what that said to me. So if the enemy, if the enemy's like a lion who's roaming around looking for somebody to devour, all he's looking for is somebody who didn't stay with the group. Somebody who, somebody who walked over here and didn't stay with the group. But how many of you know in the beginning of the, in the, beginning of the video, the zebras got away because when, 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 you're going, when you're going with God, I want you to get this. If a lion is a sprinter, but only for a short moment, then he's looking for an opportunity to go for the kill, to go for the shot. But how many of you know he can't go the distance with you when you're with Jesus? He can't go, he can't, he can't, he can't go all the way. When you make the decision that I'm going to stay with the group, and I'm going to go with Jesus, and I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to go wherever he's going, he's just a sprinter. All he's looking for, he's looking for somebody, let me get this, he's looking for somebody who he may devour. He's looking for somebody who's going to give him permission to devour. He's looking for that one that, that, well, I was in a group, and I was connected in church, and I was doing life with people, and then, you know, some stuff happened, and I kind of dwindled off, and I kind of strayed over here, and I left the group, and I walked away, and now that I'm over here, I feel like all hell's breaking loose in my life, and I have nobody to help me out, and I have nobody to pick me up, and I have nobody to get me back on track, and I don't even know what the next step is or where to turn or where to go from here. And I'm so, I'm so depressed, and I'm so down on myself right now. And can I tell you, there's the only thing, you just left the group. And when you left the group, the enemy saw an opportunity to sprint after you and go for the kill shot. But I'm telling you that if you'll stay with the group, and you'll stay with Jesus, the enemy who is only a sprinter cannot go the distance with you when you're with Jesus. So you might be, so, so if you're connected and you're, you're with the group, then you can just keep on, even though things are bad in your life right now, you can just keep on going. Because if I keep on going, if I keep on moving, if I keep on going forward, he can't keep up. He can't, al he can't always, you know, he's going to get tired. He's going to come after me one time, and then he's going to be worn out because he's a sprinter and not a marathoner. But guess what? Jesus is bigger than that, and I'm staying with the group. And as long as I'm moving forward, and as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and as long as I'm with the group, he cannot last. He cannot, he cannot endure and go the distance with you. Lions, they isolate their target. And that's what the enemy does to you. He wants to isolate you. Get you all by yourself. Make you think you're the only person going through that. Make you think nobody, there ain't nobody can help you. If you tell them what's going on in your life, they're not going to like you anymore. They're not going to sit by me at church anymore if I tell them what's really going on in my life. You know, they see me with my hands raised on Sunday. But if I told them what was going on Monday through Saturday, they wouldn't even, be, you know, they'd be looking at me at church like, why you got your hands raised? I know what's going on in your life Monday through. You know what? <laughs> you know what? You got to get with the group. The enemy wants to make you think that you're the only person going through what you're going through. And maybe if you shared it with somebody, you'd find out that mm, I'm not the only one that's going through this. And you could help me. You might meet somebody that's been there before. 
that can help you through whatever you're going through. It says the first rule of the safari is always stay with the group. Let me say it this way this morning. The first rule of living for Jesus, stay with the group. Stay with the group. First rule, you need to stay with the group. And so let's talk about it for just a couple of minutes. How we can practically accomplish this. How can we keep from isolating ourselves and how can we stay with the group? And I'm going to give you two points again. I gave you two last week. I'm going to give you two again. And I'm just going to warn you they're going to sound really, really trivial. And you're going to think, wow, I came to church for that. But I'm just going to share with you what I have to share with you. And we're going to see where it goes, amen? Because I think you're going to find yourself in one of these two categories, more than likely. Here's the first thing. How can we stay with the group? Worship regularly. Worship regularly. Now let me tell you what I'm meaning by worship regularly. Statistics show that most Christians in today's culture consider themselves to be a regular church attender. Okay? I want you to get this. Consider themselves so... Most, most of us in the room or most people, you know, in our community, they're all in churches all over our community. We consider ourselves to be regular churchgoers. I'm regular. That's my church. That's my home church. I go to church there. That's where I connect myself. I'm a regular churchgoer if I go once every four weeks. Once every four, once a month. So there's 52 weeks in a year, and I'm going to go 12 Now, if I could just be if I could just be bold for just a moment, I don't think that's enough. <laughs> I don't think it's enough. And we can sit and like, man, I'm a regular, I'm a regular, ch- I'm a regular church goer. I go to church. <laughs> you know, you you know, you see people like this. You you talk to them, you're like, you go to church anywhere? Oh yeah, I go to church. It's like, well, I've been going there for three months. I ain't seen you one time yet. <laughs> But that's my church. That's where I go. And I'm not dogging on you. I'm just telling you what God told me to tell you. That I don't think once every four weeks is enough. Once every four weeks is not going to get it done. But we're church. We're, I go to church. <laughs> I go to church. You go to church? Yeah, I go to church. How often do you go to church? Once every six weeks. I don't think it's enough. What if, what if you were trying to support your family, but you only went to work one week a month? <laughs> we're gonna figure, we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna get us a big house, and and we're gonna make lots of money. But I'm only, gonna, I'm only gonna go one week a month to work, and I'm gonna spend three weeks off. <laughs> I'm gonna preach it till everybody's feet are off the ground. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to work one week a month. And support my family. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. What if you're trying to bring your family closer together? You're trying to make your marriage stronger or whatever it is, but you only spend time together once a month. I want to be, oh, I really wish I was closer to you. But I'm only going to see you once a month. (laughs) What? What? In what other area of your life does it operate that way? Where you get everything that God wants you to have by doing the bare minimum that God wants you to do. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. 
I think we need more than once every four weeks. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir, and you're at church today, and most of you, I see your face every single Sunday, unless you're just out of town or whatever. But it, it doesn't work. I don't know if this is your mentality or not, but 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 regular regular worshiping together is not once every four weeks. It's not once a month. It's not once every month and a half. And let me say it this way. It's not because we just want to get you to church every weekend so we can count you as here. There's not anything that I'm going to tell you from up here that is trying to benefit anybody but you. That's what God's called me to do, to equip you. And God says, there's more that I have for them, but you got to tell them. you got to tell them. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a part they have to play. There's some things you have to do if you want to get everything that God has for your life. It's because we need each other. It's because this is the way that God designed for it to work. And the only way to be a truly healthy follower of Jesus is to worship together regularly. Regularly. And I know somebody's here and you're probably thinking, well, I don't really need to be at church regularly. And, well, you know, like, well, one, like every other week is good enough for me. And I get, you know, I get my feel and I get, you know, I get the word and, and all this stuff. And can I just tell you, and I'm not trying to be mean. But if that's your mentality today, then the enemy has you right where he wants you. Because <clears throat> you're thinking, you're thinking, I got this figured out. I got this figured out. I can go once a month, get my fill, meet some people, worship, you know, get my worship on, I'll lift my hands today. But for the next three weeks, I'm not going to be in community with anybody. But I feel like I'm, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm where I need to be. I feel like things are going good or whatever. And I, I can just tell you today. The enemy has you, if that's your mentality, the enemy's got you right where he wants you. He's getting you, he's getting you away from the group. Because can I tell you what happened? You go in once every four weeks, then it'll turn to once every six. And well, we got a lot going on. And well, we just got, well, we couldn't make it this quarter. And well, it's been it's been a long time since we've been here. And before you know it, you're not in community with anybody. You're not with anybody that's going in the same direction you are. And so the enemy has you out on an island and you feel like you're the only one going through what you're going through. And you don't have anybody around you that can help you. You got to stay with the group. Come on, say stay with the group. Rather than attending church on a come and go basis, we should strive to be connected in authentic, godly community. How do we keep from isolating? Can I preach this today? About half of you think it's all right to preach this today? I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to preach it anyway, whether you want me to or not. <laughs> How do we keep... How do we keep from isolating ourselves? We worship regularly. Here's the second thing. <laughs> Get in a group. Get in a group. Some of y'all been coming to church here and you're like, I don't know why he keeps talking about small groups like it's a big deal. I go to church. I'm at church. I don't know why it's a big deal. He keeps talking about, I wish he'd shut up one Sunday about getting in a group. <laughs> Get on a team. Get in a group. Get on a I'm just telling you. There's some things you need to do if you want to receive everything that God has for your life. Get in a group. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while and you've been wondering, you know, why we talk about getting in a group so much. It's because it keeps us out of isolation. It's an opportunity. Come on, part of our vision as a church is for people to find freedom. How we accomplish that is through groups where we're able to grow together, learn together, be in community together, do life together. Take off the mask and realize that, oh, you struggle with that, I struggle with that too. 
Oh, your kid's getting on your nerves. My kid's getting on my nerves, too. Oh, you, you struggle. Oh, you've been, feel like, you've been feeling like you need to step out and do something, and you've been fearful, and so you hadn't done it yet. Oh, me, too. I'm not the only one. And I start to find a little bit of freedom in the fact of knowing that I'm not the only one going through what I'm going through. We find freedom from the mindset that we're the only one going through something like this. And we discover that we're all human and we can help each other. What was the first rule of the safari? Come on, somebody. Stay with the group. Stay with the group. Let me ask you a question. How can you stay with the group if you're not a part of a group? I'm going to walk over here. I feel some, I'm getting some looks over this either. I'm going to preach it over here for a minute. How can you, how can you stay with the group if you're not with a group? If you don't have anybody around you, how can you stay with them? Just a thought. And I know somebody's probably thinking, well, I just really don't. I really don't need to be in a group during the week. And I just got to tell you again, that's exactly where the enemy wants you. It's feeling like, well, he talked about church at once, so now I'm going to go three times a month. And that's going to get it done right there, but I'm not going to get in a group because we ain't got time for that. And just too much going on. I'm not going to get into I just can't. I'm not going to. It just ain't going to happen. Just not going to happen. You know, I love you. I love your vision. I love what you're trying to do. But it's just not going to happen. Not gonna happen. The devil wants to convince you that you don't really need to be in a group. And this is what he'll say. He'll say things like this. And you'll hear this in your mind. Well, you really don't have time to give up another night of the week. Mm. I told you I'm gonna preach it till everybody's toes off the floor. Well, I just I, man, you just really don't have time to give it up. Well, it won't be a big deal if you try to, you know, just just well, that's oh. You know, we need a little more money. I'm just going to try a little overtime. You know, I know groups are tonight, but, you know, it's just, oh, I'm just going to stick it out this way. And I'm not condemning you, okay? This is not a condemning message. And some of it, some of it's like, well, we got, you know, we got this going on, or, you know, he'll, he'll tell you this. You know, our kids play soccer, so it's just go ahead, take your kids to soccer practice. You know, you don't have to be a group, even though you don't have to be. And I know, and can I tell you this morning? The, the reason why I'm not condemning you is because we do all the things, okay? We do all the things. We got soccer. We got church. We got groups. We got, I mean, just life going on, work, everything, school. It's, it's all a part of our, but the enemy will start whispering in your ear, and he'll take something that, you know, is a, maybe a struggle for you or something that's really important to you or whatever, and he's like, well, you know, just just don't worry about it and, you know, just go ahead and do that thing. And, and it's not, you know, it's not really that important for you to be in a group. It's not really that important. And I'll just tell you what we do. I'm just telling you what we do. I'm not telling you you have to do this, and I'm not condemning you if you don't. But we have our kids play soccer, and every one of their teams, I mean, we're running all over town once or twice a week, running over here, running over here, running over here, drop this one off, go over here, coach this team, pick this one back up or whatever. And, and it's crazy. And every single one of them, well, not the team that I coach because I get to decide that. But the other two, <laughs> the other two, 
they got practice on Thursday. And a lot of you know that our groups are on are on Thursdays. So we just text, you know, we just text back, you know, they'll send out the reminder, hey, we got we got practice tonight or whatever. Hey, sorry, Ryland can't be there because we have small groups tonight. And well, Pastor, you're just not giving your kids the opportunity to excel and succeed and really get everything that, that they're, that's going to benefit them, and they're just not going to get any better if they don't practice this and that. And so I would say, no, what I'm teaching my kids is that what God wants for their life comes before whatever we want for our life. And I'm hoping that when they grow up that they'll realize that, hey, just because this is going on doesn't mean we're going to participate in it all the time. Now, there have been times where we've missed group because of something going on or some meeting or, you know, a soccer practice or, you know, some game or whatever. Now, I'm not telling you it's like 100% attendance, you better be there, or you're just, you know, you're leaving the group. That's not what I'm saying. And I think you know that. It's, it's, not, about, it's not about condemning you and guilting you into getting in a group and why we got to quit. Well, pastor said, you know, we got to quit everything. <laughs> We gotta give up soccer. We gotta give up what we like. We gotta give up our hobbies. We gotta we gotta give up everything not church related. Boy, if it doesn't have church, if it doesn't say church at the end of it, then we gotta give it up and just go strictly just all in for Jesus, going for church stuff. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm that's not what I'm getting at at all. I'm not saying those things. But what I am asking you and what I'm saying this morning is that God wants us to make community and relationships with other believers a priority in our lives. And he wouldn't want it to be a priority if there wasn't some benefit from it and there wasn't something that you needed in it. We need it. We need each other. And all I'm asking you to do today is to ask yourself this question. Am I making community and relationships with other believers a priority for me and my family? Don't ask yourself, do we need to quit soccer? Do we need to quit dance? Do we need to quit piano lessons? Do we need to quit, you know, don't, don't be like, well, do we need to do, we need to do this? Do we? No. Am I making, is, is me and my family, for us, are we making community and relationship with other believers, the people going the same direction, are we making that a priority? Because you can do all the stuff you want to your heart's content. If you want to run around town, seven days a week and and be going and just doing stuff all the time more power to you i'm just asking you to ask yourself the question are we making it a priority is it important to our family to be in community together is it important for us to be at church is it important for us to be in a group is it important for us to to have community and relationships with other people and we have i groups that you can be a part of this semester. Our semester is going through the end of May, and so you can jump in right now. You've got plenty of time to jump in a group. And one of the best groups you can jump in right now is the one that we've been doing over Goliath Must Fall. And we've been talking about, you know, the giants in our lives that need to fall. It would be a great one for you to get in. We've got men's and women's groups coming up here in just another month or so. Uh, we've got, you know, another group starting the end of March uh, that you can be a part of. I mean, we, we've got opportunity for you to do life together with people. And for you to grow together and, and, and do things together and be in community together. And I want you to just imagine with me for a moment as we wrap this up. I'm going to bring the worship team back up. What could your life look like if community and relationships were a priority? And maybe they are to you. But maybe they're not. And what could it look like if you had people around you? What would that look like? What if, what if there were other people around you to help you through hard times? What if your kids learned at a young age 
that these things, community and relationships, are the most important things. That we need Jesus and we need each other. We need Jesus and we need each other. What, what, if, what if you taught your kids that from a young age? What would that look like? How could that affect their life? What impact could we make in our community when we're doing life together and not isolated? Not isolated. So I'm encouraging you today. Will you stand today? I'm encouraging you to, to get in a group. Worship regularly. Don't, don't take it as a religious thing and a check mark, you know, in the box. Besides, we went to church this week, so, woo, you know, community. And then we went to group, woo, you know, check it off. That's, that's not what it's about. It's, about. it's about making it a priority in your life. Making it a priority in your life. And it's not, about, it's not about other things that are going on that you need to quit this and quit this and quit this and quit this and quit this. And now there might be some stuff that, that you're like, well, if we're going to make this a priority, we might have to rearrange some things or change some things a little bit or, you know, get our, our priorities the right way or whatever it looks like for you. I don't know. But I'm just asking you to ask yourself the question, is it a priority to us? Is it a priority to me? Is it a priority to my family? Is it a priority to our marriage? Is it a priority, you know, do I really feel like this is something that we need? Because I believe that it is. I believe you need relationship with other people that are going the same direction you're going. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes? God, we thank you. You are so good. So good. And God, I pray for every person that's in this room today that this would not be a condemning message. That no one would leave here today feeling condemned. But that we would all just leave realizing that we need each other. That it's important for us to gather together like this and worship. It's important for us to, to meet during the week and meet up for coffee or, or be in a group and do life together with other people. God, I pray that that's the reality that we, would that we would leave this building with today. And that we would ask ourselves, have we made it a priority? Have we made a priority? Have we made it a priority? And if not, we can start today. We can start today. I want to ask you this question. If there's anybody here, we're going to pray this prayer together just in support of everybody that's making this decision for the first time. But maybe you're here today and your first step, you know, I, I need to give my life to Jesus. I, you were talking about a personal relationship with Jesus and then a shared relationship with Jesus, and I just need to know that I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I need to know that, I, that, that I'm a believer, that I'm a Christian, that, I, that I've given my life to him. So if that's you, all I want you to do right where you are, we're not bringing you down front, we're not going to do anything, call you out. God, God's going to meet you right where you are as we pray this prayer. But I just want you, real quick, just slip your hand up right now. If that's you, I just need, I need a personal relationship all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just know that's my first step. I just need, to, I need a personal relationship with him. I need to give my life to him so that he can begin to work in me and do what he needs to do inside of me. Come on, let's all pray this prayer together. And if you raised your hand, I believe all you have to do is pray this prayer. Just mean this in your heart. Just with a sincere heart. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I've been trying to live life my way, but today I want to give my life to you. I want everything that you have for me. So I ask you to forgive me. And today I receive your forgiveness. I ask you to save me and help me from this day forward to live for you and everything that I do. 
In Jesus' name, amen.